Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking sports locally and nationally. Join the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to a very special edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken. I'm joining me for this edition is the one and only co-host. You know him. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. And also joining us in studio, senior sports editor extraordinaire. He is your coach. He is my coach. He is the coach. Coach Duffy. I almost forgot what holy day was coming up this weekend. Yes. And that is opening day for the NFL. Ah. It is the NFL's return to the masses. But more importantly, college football. Yes. And Notre Dame to win the ACC. Which we will have uh, next week's show because the next two podcasts that you'll be listening to under the ODPH network is that of our annual NFL season preview. Uh The national pastime of the United States of America is back, and that is American football. It dominates all the sports headlines, news, whatever you want to define. Tweets, Instagram posts. Yes, it is just the unstoppable force that just runs right through social media and our lives Mm -hmm. from now until that first weekend in February when we crown a champion. So many headlines to go through, so we give you our predictions. We break down each division by AFC, NFC for episodes. So this one is going to be all the AFC. We're going to be dropping the NFC right after this. So you definitely want to make sure you're subscribed to the ODPH podcast. You can find all those links at OchoDuraParleyHour.com. And remember, join the conversation with the hashtag ODPH. So, gentlemen, let us waste no more time. We are going to start this edition of the ODPH talking the AFC conference, kicking off with the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. So, Pad, who do we have in this division? So that would be the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, just running in in that order, that is how they finished. Patriots finished uh, last year twelve and four. Buffalo finished last uh, second place last year uh, ten and six. Jets finished third at seven and nine, and then Miami rounded out the division at five and eleven. So what we're going to do is break down each division and give you our picks of where they're all going to rank. So, Coach, why don't you kick us off? Well, I mean, let's uh, address the elephant in the room. That is. COVID-19, mm-hmm. which yeah. has made, you know, this NFL season the most, I guess, interesting one, to say the least. I mean, yeah. minimum training camp or abbreviated training camp, uh, you know, no uh, preseason games. Yeah. So you're really going into this blind, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, as far as, yeah. you know, if you follow your team, you obviously have a little bit of inside. So, you know, me being a Giants fan, Pat, sure. Pat's fan, sure. Ken, you know, Bill's fan, you, you know, you get a little bit more news from there. Like I've been sure. following the Giants Twitter for their scrimmages and all that stuff. Sure. But that's it. So, I mean, where, I, where I'm where i coming from this is, you know, just based off of what I'm seeing as far as a scheduling standpoint and, you know, the players that have been picked up and, and you know, let go and what have you and moves. You know, that's all we have to go based off of. And, I mean, right now, Ken, I like the Buffalo Bills to win this division. You're a good man. 
Well, going back to your point about COVID-19, you know, I was looking at lines and spreads for locks and leaps. Yeah. And I was looking through some of the games and it shocked me a little bit just at face value that, you know, Tampa Bay is opening against the New Orleans Saints. We'll preview that in the next episode. But I was looking at the lines and currently New Orleans is a three and a half point favorite against the Bucs. And I'm going, wait a minute. I'm like, it's Tom Brady and every weapon known to God and man down there. Like, how is that a fit? But then I'm remembered. Like you said, COVID-19, Breeze and the Saints have been together for however many years. Yep. They're, a, they're a well-oiled machine. Yeah, Brady and company have been practicing, but is it the same as you know game time conditions? So to your point, yeah, no, this season is going to be very interesting. We're going to see how it goes. going to be real bizarre if they start pumping in artificial crowds down throughout the game. It's just going to be weird to me. Uh, but in terms of the uh, AFC Eastern Conference, no, I agree with you. you know, don't get me wrong. I'm a Patriots fan, but reading the room... I haven't seen Cam on the field. He has been named the starter for week one against the Miami Dolphins. But I've only seen stuff, you know, from people's cell phone videos who can be like a safe distance away without violating any rules or protocols of, of Patriots practice. So I haven't exactly seen how he looks. You know, he's glowing. Great, pretty... great dance videos. Yeah. <laughs> Lot of, lots of those. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah, he's. I know he's been did an interview with uh, Weei up in Boston either yesterday or today, and he was glowing Belichick's praises. But you expect him to do that. Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm expecting Buffalo to take the division this year. I'm not expecting you know gold and and diamonds and platinum out of out of an unknown. Yeah. No, I'm glad you guys brought up about COVID nineteen because this is going to be a completely different era. And well, that's, yeah, and that's you one, have to. Yeah. Oh, I know, but it's just one of those things that. As we're getting back to the normal routine of football, we do have to keep mentioning that, yeah, this is going to be a very different season. Mm-hmm. For a lot of teams, they're not going to have any fans. I know Buffalo is barring any fans. New England as well for at least the first two games, I think. Right. Yeah, I saw somebody somebody just announced that they're going to allow 5,700 fans in the stadium. I, I can't for, remember which. Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. just announced today. Yeah. It might have been Denver. Uh, it's yeah. Denver. Yes, yeah, yes. it was Denver. Yes. So depending on where you are in the country – you might have fans in your stadium. You might not. Can I just make a plea to the folks? If, if the folks uh, over at Fox Sports are listening to this episode, uh, please do not do what you've been doing for Major League Baseball on Fox. If, if the stands are empty at the NFL stadium, we understand as fans why they are empty. We get it. Don't put you know video game fans in the stands. It just looks weird. It just looks dumb. Mm-hmm. Put the artificial crowd noise in there. Whatever. That's fine. You know, teams have been doing that for a lot of years. Indianapolis. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, I got, I got, a, I got a frog in my throat there. Oh boy, you know, we teams have been doing that for a while. That's nothing new. Is it going to be weird to the players? Yeah, maybe. But putting something in for the fans when we understand why there aren't any fans there, don't don't do the artificial fan thing. Well, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Ken, jump in on you, but I, I mean, I watched a little bit of the uh, BYU uh, Navy game last mm-hmm. night, and what I'm thinking that this is really without fans, and I know total tangent we're going on here but where it's going to be interesting is these teams that know you know run no huddle Mm. now i mean obviously if you're the home team going no huddle you know the crowd's going to be a little bit down because you know they want you to be able to hear and whatever Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you know the quarterback will quiet you down Mm -hmm. but i mean the road team you know that are going to be running these no huddle offense like and i mean this might be more geared towards college because the emphasis on pace of play is way higher in college than it is in the nfl yeah but i mean those teams that do run you know um you know up Tempo offense. I mean, uh, New England started incorporating it a little bit yeah. last year. You yeah. know, Brady did it a little bit. Um, so those teams that do incorporate uh, Arizona did it oh, a lot. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, so when they're the road team, you know, part of the the confusion that can happen is by the signals and stuff in the reads and coaches calling in plays and stuff. And I mean, I know that they have the mics and the coaches cover their mouths, but like. 
you know, it's going to be way more audible. Mm-hmm. And think about, uh, you know, a la the UFC, yeah. where you can now hear the coaches when before you would it would be muffled. Yeah. Now you can hear the corner guys, hey, yeah. look for that one-two combo, one-two combo. You hear that. Yeah. So I'm just thinking without that crowd noise, you know, there might be a slip-up of, you know, some coach out loud or screaming, mm-hmm. not swearing necessarily, but giving a signal away that could lead to something later on in the game. It's just going to be really interesting. So pumping in that crowd noise, yeah. you know, although, uh, you know, obviously the Colts did it a little, you know, uh, maybe Ness allegedly, yeah, allegedly, you know, uh, you know, did it. Allegedly my yeah, ass. Yeah, uh, you know, did it by uh, not necessarily needing to. Mm-hmm. It might be needed now. Well, that's going to be a variable that we're going to have to see as the games go on because, like we say, depending on where you are, you're either going to have fans or you're not, and it's going mm-hmm. to vary, obviously. Sure. And there's going to be a whole different dimension that goes on with this. And where we're going to be kicking off with the AFC East, I think the coach that will adapt to this the most is going to be Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Which I think I mean, he, he will definitely scheme something up and definitely keep his team involved. We'll say they practice in all conditions, and when I say all conditions, I mean all conditions. Well, there's oh, yeah. nothing that he does not think about. Exactly, oh, yeah. so I mean, I'm sure that they're going to have more smokescreen calls than you know what to do with Sure. because of that point, because people are going to be able to hear. Because I know that everybody is saying the Bills should run away with this division, and as a Bills fan, I agree. I think they should. In fact, <laughs> I thought I was like, "Wait, is he going to like uh, try to play the modest game here and be like, oh, no, 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 because not I'm, so fast, my no, friend.' Because I have the Bills going ten and six this year, okay, and winning the division. I think that this is going to be the third year with Josh Allen. So obviously, going into the playoffs last year was a huge confidence boost. Mm-hmm. Sure, and they yeah. definitely held their own against Houston in yeah. that game. Uh, but until the defense got tired late on, exactly later on in the game. So they have made a lot of adjustments this year. The Tre'Davious White has been locked up, mm-hmm. which is a huge move for them on the defensive front. Mm-hmm. And where Josh Allen now has a big weapon in Stephen Diggs coming over via trade from Minnesota. Yep. I mean, not even to say that the wide receiver core was weak for Buffalo last no. year. It's just you know, and albeit maybe they just didn't have the ability to get open the way that they needed to. I Could mean, be. Josh Allen also you know did miss. Some wide open throws, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifically of that Giants game. Yeah, you know when he had Josh Brown open multiple times downfield and just yeah. missed him. Yeah. Um, but Diggs is going to be that maybe that underneath guy who can run those intermediate routes that they didn't have before. You know, I mean that's what Diggs' specialty is. He's not. He's a gat. You know, he's a burner. Yeah. You know, he'll yeah, burn yeah. you downfield on you know on the fly on the fly route. But he can also run those intermediate routes very, very well. He's al- he's also a class receiver where, yeah. no disrespect to any of the guys who were in Buffalo's receiving core prior to Diggs showing up, mm-hmm. but he's a, a step above those guys. You know, he's not an elite like a you know like a Randy Moss or a Terrell Owens or a Chad Johnson type where it's just like you got to double cover this guy all day or he's going to burn you. But you got to pay him attention. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have you might have to put double on him at one point. Oh I yeah, mean, oh yeah, especially on down situations. Yeah, I yeah. would double team him. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna definitely have to do that, and I. Think think though they the bills now have a true number one yep. in their wide receiver core i mean there's nothing against josh brown and uh cole beasley but sure sure let's be honest about it this is something that they were going to definitely need to do and definitely need to step up sure for, and they made the right call to do that sure because had they not i don't know how the season would have gone to be honest that they were showing the growth but for josh allen who's one knock and i'll be the first one to tell you he's very inaccurate mm-hmm. he's right got, he's got a cannon for an arm but oh, he yeah. can't hit the you know, Broadside of a barn. Yeah, he can't hit the ocean if he was, you know, falling off a lifeboat. That's the one argument that you have. So Diggs, I think, will be a smart enough route runner 
to pick up on those tangibles and really help them. Well, not even just that. I think when you have a guy that runs the elite routes, you know, it might not necessarily just be Josh Allen's inaccuracies that it is maybe our Josh Allen uh, inaccuracies as it is might, you know, it might be just the wide receiver not running the right. I mean, you would assume Cole Beasley, you yeah. know, runs the drag route probably no better, you know, just One as of the good best as to do it. Yeah, just as good as Amadola or Edelman do, you know, I mean, he's that kind of wide receiver. But I mean, digs, it's those zig routes, it's those dig routes, it's the, you know, 15 post, uh, you know, 15 yard outs that Josh Allen now is going to be able to to put, you know, within a vicinity and digs is going to be a good enough talent to go up and make a play on it. Well, and that is what Buffalo was needing last yeah, year. Yeah, and also to your point, it's not just the accuracy, it's the decision-making. Because I remember watching a game with you last season. Mm-hmm. I forget who they were playing. Minnesota. Minnesota, somebody. <laughs> where Allen was, you know, dropped back to pass, and he's looking, 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 and he's scrambling left, he's scrambling right, he's scrambling backwards, he's scrambling forwards. And I'm not exaggerating here, he's scrambling more than an egg. And I'm sitting there going, you got nothing, throw it away. You know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, you know, pick your quarterback, Eli Manning, you know, Peyton Manning, whoever would have gone, you know, what? ain't got nothing 15 rows deep in the stands. And he just runs and runs and runs and runs. And he takes a loss because he gets hit. Well, that comes from, uh, you know, the inexperience. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that he definitely learned about. I don't think it was Minnesota. I think it was the Jets. The same that, that I, just, I just remember that play specifically. I'm like, throw it away. Yeah, throw it away. Okay, but that's something that he's definitely gotten better about. Like, I mean, I remember, and I think that what I think about Josh Allen's critiquing is when he kept trying to hurdle guys. Yeah, yeah. And, that's and when he's hurtling in Minnesota, and yep. I thought yeah. he was going to get killed. Yeah, his decision making has to be better, and it has to be quicker too. And I think that what he tries doing is a lot like what Ben Roethlisberger does. He tries extending the plays too much. Mm-hmm. I think in some cases it definitely works, but I think in some cases it definitely doesn't. So if he can minimize those mistakes, I think he'll be in a good position. Well, so you might be able to extend like Brett Favre, but you ain't got the arm like him. Well, he, definitely, oh, he does. He's got the arm. Well, I mean, just... the difference between Ben Roethlisberger's ability to stretch a play and Josh Allen's is is Roethlisberger at least when he is keeping his head up. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh Allen is like you know you said he's just it's immediate scramble, 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 nothing there. All right, I'm going upfield and then getting you know demise because the defense now is starting to cave on me and focus on me because a i'm not looking downfield to see what's open mm-hmm. and you know i'm i'm past the line of scrimmage i gotta go while roethlisberger has that immediate ability to scramble within the pocket to then keep his head up and find something downfield and that's the difference i mean it's just it's inexperience it's 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 an uncomfortability in the pocket that you know he will develop as he continues to age and i think this year will be that year that he can do that he'll definitely be a growing year and he too. has to oh yeah he has no choice i mean, I mean it the, has to be if the bills are going to succeed this year he has to continue to grow I think he's going to do it. I mean, obviously, Singletary in the backfield, and they drafted Zach Moss, too. That's a huge one-two combo that, yeah. that I think will definitely help them. And for their defense, I mean, it's still as solid as ever. Like I said, they signed Tredavious White for, mm-hmm. a, for a long-term contract. And that is something that I will say uh, believe or Brandon Bean and everybody in the front office has done a wonderful job about building this team up. Sure. Yeah, this so, team is very – I mean, on paper, I mean, just looking at the secondary, you know, with Travis White – uh, Josh Norman back there, Jordan Pryor, and and Micah Hyde. Yeah, I mean that's a very formidable group of four back there. You know, in your base set. So I'm done, and I'm looking at their schedule. They'll have they got an interesting schedule. Uh, they open against New York, the Jets. Uh, week three, they play the Rams at home. Then they go to Vegas to play the uh, Raiders. Uh, then they play Tennessee and Kansas City in back to back weeks.
weeks. Yeah. Yo, yo. They got a tough schedule. Uh, and then coming out of their bye week, which is week 11, they play the Chargers, Niners, Pittsburgh, Denver, and New England. Well, the AFC East as a whole. I mean, it's not just Buffalo. No, that yeah. has. That's, that's the AFC East slate is the NFC and AFC West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's murderer's row right there. I mean, I know, and obviously we'll get to the AFC West and the NFC West later on, but it's like, you know, you look at those teams out there in the West and, you know, you got to win those. You have to split. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. got to go four and four, otherwise you're toast. Yeah. Because you're not going to go undefeated in your division. You know, I definitely can see Buffalo uh, splitting with New England mm-hmm. and slipping up against the team like, uh, you know, they well, they're not New England, so Miami doesn't necessarily give them problems down in Miami, but you can definitely see them slip into a game against the Jets. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, I mean, so that will be that that's going to be the con- the concern. I mean, they have to beat Miami. You know, you got to go two and zero against yeah. them. You got to split that game four and four so now you're looking at six and four you gotta win you know your game seven you know so yeah i think 10 what you said 10 and six, 10 and six is yeah That's right doable. on it's achievable they just have to follow the plan and mcdermott has to be better about making crunch time decisions yeah because that fucking playoff game was yeah. brutal and who called that too yeah Watching you were you were spot on man and that's the thing he the needs whole to be time better. i know he just got locked up for six year contract which he's worth it i'm not saying he isn't sure but when it gets to be crunch time that two minute drill he has to move quick if the Bills are going to succeed, they definitely need to have this out of their head coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But right now, the parts are in place. If everybody stays healthy, they should go 10-6. and six. Yeah. Right behind them on my schedule, though, I do have the Pats at 9-7. and seven. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I, I will say, I could have almost flip-flopped this, too. Yeah, I mean, either one can go... Ten six nine seven. Yeah, it's interchangeable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got I've got New England, New England as one of my wild card. Yeah, I yeah, do I too. see that. You know, I mean, they're still good. Cam, I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, Tom Brady and Cam Newton are two totally different guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I definitely think that you know, the last year at Carolina, you could see kind of weight on Cam Newton. I mean, you definitely saw the potential. I mean, the guy oh, is yeah. an elite quarterback yeah. when he's healthy and and happy. You yeah. know, and I think that. Uh, you know, a new change of scenery in New England, the winning mentality. You know, Ken always says it. Wheeling, uh, winning heals a lot of wounds mm-hmm. and covers a lot of Band-Aids. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that will help. And I think, you know, Josh McDaniel uh, obviously is a great offensive coordinator. Oh, he's going to have fun with that. Yeah, who has done a tremendous job with a guy like Tim Tebow, you know, who is one-third of the quarterback that Cam Newton is, if not worse, you know, as far as arm strength and ability. Yeah. And he took him to, you know, almost a AFC championship game. Yeah. So you know he's going to be excited to have Cam Newton oh, yeah. to work with he's going to open up the offense they're going to have so many more plays that they're going to be able to run that they weren't able to run with tom brady because again two different quarterbacks yeah i definitely like what new england's going to be able to do it's just again you know on paper do they have the offense outside of cam newton to be able to do that and that's where sure. the question is sure no i mean it's it's one of the things is like am i excited to see cam pl- play yeah you know i am you know he's a dynamic player it's going to be interesting to see what mcdaniels and belichick can come up with and i think they'll be able to come up with something for him you know but it's it you know my big things with the patriots are can the offensive line stay healthy because that was one of the big things last year was you know just the, the decimation at offensive line and all the issues you had with them you know the receiving core is okay edelman's still there and you've got Nikhil harry uh wide receiver nothing's special at tight end with Ryan Izzo you know you know you're still trying to replace Gronk which let's face it you're never going to repl- be able to replace right. him and then the biggest question I know normally it's kind of a uh 
sound spot for them is the Quep, but with all the, the players they've lost because they're opting out for the year, uh, is on defense. You know, uh, Dante Hightower is not playing this year because he's opted because he, uh, when the deadline came for players to opt out, had just had a child. Which, yeah. again, don't fault him. I no, complete, no. completely understand. But where normally I look at the defense and go, you know, this is a pretty stout defense. Got some questions with defense. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I fully agree with you, too. And I think Belichick, though, is so smart. Mm-hmm. And I will give the devil his due each time. He will find players that we don't expect, and that, they will become very true. very adaptable to that system. Yeah, true. And James the White. Yeah, and the Patriot way will definitely take over on the defense. So say defense is still pretty good, though. We got a uh, gilly-gilly yeah, out you, there quarterback. You Thank got, you. Yeah, you got Stephen Gilmore. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, your defense will be solid. Is it going to be shut down? Debatable. Probably not. Debatable. But can they definitely slow teams down? Absolutely. And I think for Gilmore, I think he's going to have another huge year. Oh, yeah. Cam Newton is the biggest X factor. Yeah. And I think that Cam is finally healthy. I think that he's going to work very well with McDaniels. And Coach took my point that I was going to mention. McDaniels made gold with Tebow. Yeah. He's going to make diamonds with Cam. Oh, so he's got the world's biggest chip on his shoulder, too. Yeah, he's motivated. I I get I'm a homer, and I watch his (laughs) his YouTube videos, but, like, and I get they're they're probably cut that way, but, like, you watch those videos, especially the early ones when he just signed with New England, and, Mm -hmm. my God, like, he seems motivated as all hell. I just, my problem is the wide receiver core. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Edelman's back, obviously. To be fair, the receiving core hasn't been stellar since about 2007. Right, and I think that's a problem. Problem, though because I mean when you look at having you know playmakers and the ability to get in the end zone I mean you know teams like Cleveland you know in uh, the Chargers you know that have you know like the Odell Beckhams or, or the uh, Allens that can get into the end zone mm. show you know that it's a great quarterback helps, but better wide receivers are, are really what you need. I mean, you can make chicken shit out of chicken salad mm-hmm. or chicken salad out of chicken shit with having a decent quarterback but great wide receivers sure you can't make good wide receivers with a shit quarterback sure well i think the thing with the receiving course we know what we're going to get out of edelman at this right you know what you're going to get the thing is going to be interesting to see is is can nikhil harry stay healthy of course he missed part of last season with an injury so hard to look at those numbers and judge whether he was great or not but you look at his college numbers from asu uh for his college career almost three thousand yards cat receiving and then 21 touchdowns so decent numbers and then they also have jacoby myers who uh last season not a stellar season 26 catches for 359 but college uh at nc state uh 1800 yards catching and eight touchdowns so the potential's there it's just they got to figure it out but here's another factor you got to also think about when cam was in carolina mm-hmm. who was his wide receiver yeah i mean he's yeah. always had shit yeah. To, yeah but i mean they they had the one year uh what uh, i mean ben, what, benjamin not benjamin there. they had the other kid who uh ended up leaving in free Steve agent Smith? Well, he had Steve no, Smith for yeah, a couple of years, but David Funches yep. had his Funches. best season. Yeah. Obviously, moved on to what he thought was going to be greener pastures, and not so much. Right. Um, but um, you know, yeah, Cam Newton's never had a great great wide receiver. But again, I mean, you pair him and you put him with like a Keenan Allen or you know uh, oh, Michael if you Evans. Him a legit number yeah, one, if you give him a legit story. number one, it'd be a completely different story, and that's the problem. I mean, that's you know part of the reason why Tom Brady opted to leave too is that you know he wasn't getting talent around him. I mean, fuck, look at the Giants. I mean, yeah. they you know trade Odell Beckham, and then you expect you know Eli Manning to be able to get 
the ball of wide receivers there. Just you know, Golden Tate. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice wide receiver, but is he a number one? No, you know. So like, what do you want quarterbacks to do when you don't give them ta- elite talent on the outside? Oh, I, I, that's why Buffalo went out and got Stephen Diggs. Yeah, no, that's I, the exact reason why. I fully agree with you, but what my point is with this is Cam is used to working with. Lesser talent. Cam's used to working with lesser talent, but sure. he, but he didn't have a, a coordinator in Carolina like McDaniel's. Exactly, right. and that I well, I mean, he they did have uh, one year. They with, had North Turner. Yeah, for, they had North Turner, and they had a couple good seasons under North Turner. Yeah. And yeah, listen, I get what you guys are saying. I'm just saying my biggest thing is is you see teams go out and shell you know shell out to get elite wide receivers. Why? Yeah. Because at the end of the day. You need a number one if you want to go somewhere. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady and the Patriots did well for a few years without having a true, but for as good as we thought, you know, Deion Branch was a pretty good wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Well, he, well, Brady and Branch were on just a whole other level of, like, understanding. Sure. I remember they, uh, 60 Minutes did a piece on the two of them. This was after, I, I think this was after Branch left, but before he came back, where they hadn't played together in several years, mm. and they got them together on a field. And, and Brady was like, all right, let's run, blah, 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 whatever play he chose. And they went to the line, and Brady went you know, went through his motions, and he went through his calls, and he just looked at Branch, and Branch is like, yep, he wants me to audible. Yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting to see how Cam matches up with it, but I think more good is going to happen than bad. I think Cam will adapt to that offense. Sure. I think Josh McDaniel is going to describe a perfect solution for not having those elite wide receivers this year, but – you still got Edelman, and I think they're yeah. working very well together. So we'll have to see. But like I said, nine and seven, I think is very within reach, and I have them going to the wild card. Sure, yep. for the Same. one spot there. Sure. Next up, I had the Jets at th- at third place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think they'll do better than they did last year at seven and nine, but not much. No, I actually have them regressing. I have them at five oh. and eleven. Oh, ouch! I yeah, have z- I have them. I have them there too. I have zero faith in Adam Gase mm-hmm. as a head coach. I have zero faith in Sam Darnold. I know that last year with the mono, it was what it was. Sure. But, yeah, I, I mean, they were Sam Darnold away from going to the playoffs, though. Yeah, true. So, but has he shown me enough that I think that he is he can compete with the Josh Allens and, sure. and the Cam Newtons? For this division, I don't think he is. Yeah. No. I, just, I, don't, yeah. I don't see Not it. Not this year, at yeah. least. Le'Veon Bell, who knows what we're going to get out of him. Yeah. And then you let your star defensive leader Leave the team in Jamal Adams, mm-hmm. and they don't have an easy schedule at all. No, they open in the season against Buffalo. Uh, week two, they play the Niners. Uh, week three, they play the Colts. Then they play Denver, Arizona, uh, Chargers, Buffalo again, Kansas City, New England, Miami, and then they get their bye week. Yeah. See, my problem. It's like Ken said. It's Gase. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the coaching. I mean, yeah. you can't. You know, there's one way to call out players, and then there's another to call out, you know, the way that he called out Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, they quote-unquote mended that relationship. Whether that's true or not, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Darnold, again, is a question mark. Obviously, went into last season with a lot of expectations. The mono, you know, kind of hit the bricks on that. Sure. Um, Played well afterwards, you know, enough to, to, you know, win some games that they probably should have lost. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if they finish, you know, at a sub, you know, sub record, and it's like we said uh, in the draft show. You know, I mean, this next year's draft is going to be the interesting one for the Jets because if they do well, you know, all right, do you hedge your bet on you know Darnold and now invest sure. in trying to get him some weapons, or do you, you know, now try to rebuild and you know maybe push for a Trevor Lawrence type you know situation? So 
it's a very interesting conundrum that the Jets are in because it, it is his third year, and he always the same as Josh Allen. It's sure, just, yeah. Josh sure. Allen's had more success. Sure, I mean the thing with Sam Darnold is you know mono last year, yeah, but I think the thing with this year is should things go wrong and. God hope they don't. They do have Flacco as a backup. Now, he won't be ready for week one. I'm looking at ESPN.com. He's listed as out uh, right now. So, assuming he does come back from whatever he's got going on, you know, they do have that to back up. And, and let's, well, hey, I didn't realize this. The ageless wonder is their backup running back, Frank Gore. Yeah. Didn't realize that's down there. I mean, the biggest question I have for them is receiving core. Jamison Crowder had him on my fantasy team for two years. He ain't worth, you know, anything. Uh, they've also on ESPN.com got Brashard Perriman listed as one of their starting receivers, and then Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan, you know, good receiver. Don't get me wrong; he was great in New England for flashes the couple, of brilliance. Flashes of brilliance, yeah. Because former lacrosse player at Penn State, I believe. But he's <laughs> he's another Cole Beasley, you sure. know, Julian Edelman, you know, type of player where he's not going to run streaks. He's not going to burn some cornerback. Do it. He's the dink and duck, dink and duck. You know, just get hit in the midfield. Mm. You know, so yeah, the running core is there, but we'll see. But just so many questions with the Jets. Yeah, there's just nothing that excites you about the Jets that you think, okay, we're really going to contend. I'm sorry, sure. this, no. this is how it is. Darnold needs to, a, a vast improvement and really needs to show that he was worth that high draft pick. I haven't seen it. No. And I don't know if we're going to see it because with the talent around him, he's not exactly screaming playoffs. No. Okay. You, you have yeah, Le- I mean, not in this division. No, not, I mean, not, not no. in this division. No. But plus, you also don't know what Le'Veon Bell you're going to get because Pittsburgh was smart because they adapted to his running style. The Jets didn't. But so, that's that's case. That's, that's not. Yeah. But that's not. That's again coaching. That's not anything. Le'Veon not Bell. A, yeah. yeah, it's not on Bell. He still, you know, had flashes of brilliance last year. I mean, I saw him play, you know, last year multiple mm-hmm. games, and, and he looked well. Um, it's just again the the running style. You know, he was quote unquote heavy going into the training camp. Yeah. yeah. You know, this year not so much. You know, I guess he's come in a little bit better of shape than he did last year with reporting. I just, I mean, it, yeah, that's a question mark. And then obviously you let your best, you know, player go in Jamal Adams. So I mean, I think that's an interesting thing too because you know he really was the cornerstone of that defense that you could build around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the safety is a position that I think, given the current climate of the NFL, is a make or break position depending mm-hmm. on what you have back there. Um, you know, if you when you have an elite playmaking safety, you know they are. Uh, the last line of defense, and they also can be the first line of defense if they are, can get up in the box and be a run stopper. Yeah. And that is exactly what Jamal Adams was. You could send him on the blitz. You could send him back deep in coverage, man-to-man, could play the slot. So, I mean, you lose a guy like that, you know, what do you have back there now? And that's a huge question mark for the Jets. You really don't have anything, and that's where I think is really going to hurt them. Could I see them flip flopping with Miami at this position? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you could, but they both could end up in the bottom. They could both go five and ten or five and eleven. You know. Yeah. Because for me, I had Miami going four and twelve. Okay. And like I said, this could go either way because what Brian Flores is trying to do down in Miami, he just doesn't have the talent down there. Right. And it's not on him. I think that he's tried working the best they can, but Miami just is not putting it together. I'm going to try being as unbiased as I can be because everybody knows my dislike for the Dolphins as a Bills fan. Now you love them. Oh, yeah, you know, they're just my favorite team. <laughs> but with that being said, they did go out. They drafted Tua very yep. high. Mm-hmm. He's not playing week one, which is smart. Yeah. They're going to put in Fitzmagic. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then what do you have around him? You have a brand new running back core, what, Jordan Howard? Jordan and, Howard, and, yeah. And uh, Matt Berea? Yep. 
Other than that, who do you have on that offense that scares you? I mean, they've I got mean, Devontae Parker. Yeah, they got Devontae yeah. Parker, who, looking at his stats from last year, 72 catches, uh, 1,202 yards, good for fifth in the league. And that was with you, me, and Ken on the other side of him. I'll yeah. say, uh, I, I, did, I did read some rumors that at one point last year, I was the emergency backup quarterback in Miami. <laughs> uh, and he had nine touchdowns last year, which was tied for fourth in the NFL. You know, so he's got Devontae Parker, who's pretty decent. Uh, they've also got Preston Williams, a wide receiver, who. Stats, nothing flashy. 32 catches, 428 yards, and three touchdowns. Eh. Uh, they also list uh, Jakeem Grant as one of their receivers. Uh, I won't even read the stats because, well, they're worse than yeah, uh, Preston Williams. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're bad. Uh, 164 yards catching all of last year. Coach? Yeah, I mean, this Miami team is just not very good. No, I mean, no. there's no, no. There's no sugarcoating it, but what you see right now is is pieces that are being built and blocks mm-hmm. that are being cemented, you know, for the future. Obviously, Tua was the first move of that, sure. uh, you know, building towards the future. Um, you know, they made a huge investment in Eric Flowers, who was, you know, the shunned giant starting left tackle mm-hmm. who resurged in Washington uh, by switching to left guard and, you know, saved his career with that ability to adapt to a new position that he had never played before. Um and and really play. I mean, he signed a monster deal. So I mean, good for him because I mean, obviously, as a Giant fan, was livid at Eric Flowers yeah. and cursed his name many of times. Um, Devontae Parker, obviously, you know, is an elite wide receiver. You talk about you know the number one type of guys. Uh, you know, him and Tua are going to have their time. Yeah. You know, in the future, and then you look at the fact that their defense, you know, has a bunch of guys who are older, but have you know deal one-year deals two-year deals that can go out there and chase you know their next contracts i mean shaq lawson yeah kyle van noy who had a very solid quiet year last year that one given hurt. the mm-hmm. fact that it is a bad miami defense you know i mean they were giving up points but kyle van noy still played well kyle so, van is a great player yeah so i mean i it's not that i dislike this miami team it's just there isn't enough pieces surrounding those names that i just mentioned to get them over the hump so yeah, yeah i mean i have them finishing bottom of the of the AFC East yeah. as well. Bottom of the AFC East, you know, they got the pieces there, and I'm going to gush a little bit with Kyle Vanoy. <laughs> have was, your time. He was great in New England. He does a lot of stuff on that defense that doesn't show up in, sure. in the statistics and in the box score, so to yeah. say. He does a lot for you that just doesn't show up there. I think that's great. That, if you're a Miami fan, that's a great pickup for you guys. You know, hope he works out well for you. I, I truly do. You know, but like you said, the pieces are there. It's smart for them to have Tua sit week one, sponge. Yeah. Soak up that. Why send a guy out there when you know you're not going to do very well? Well, I mean, it's that's the thing. And that's, I think, that's the biggest. When we talk Miami, that's what we should talk about. What week do we put Tua in? Mm -hmm. You know, what is, because you know he's going to play this year. There's Mm -hmm. no way they're going to send him out the entire season. I mean, I know that he's coming off that hip injury, but obviously he, you know, sat out most of last year. He was 100% cleared and, and everything. So, you know, you make the investment to play him. And I know that you have a very solid veteran quarterback ahead of him, yeah. mm-hmm. but at the same time, that's a very solid veteran quarterback that understands how to hold a clipboard. Yeah, yeah. so it's going to be an interesting process what they do with Tua. I think that if Miami starts out 0-3, we'll see him week 4. I guess, uh, be when's, their, when's their bye week? Uh, week 11. So, Whoa, yes, that's, yeah. too long. that's too <laughs> long. Also, and, and I don't see a good point to put him in because he's going to get eaten like a shark. Oh, yeah. uh, week 1 is against New England. Week 2 against Buffalo. Week 3 against Jacksonville. Then they play Seattle, San Francisco, Denver, Chargers, Rams, uh, Cardinals, and the Jets. Before, and then they have their bye week. Yeah. I mean, week 3, if anything, would be the ideal week. Right. 
And if not, then yeah, you got to wait until the bye week. Primetime game yeah. Thursday night. It'll be a huge task for Miami to do, but like I say, I don't see them doing any moves this year. I think unfortunately they're going to finish no. in last, and probably Flores loses his job. Not wishing it, mind you. No, but I just I think I don't. I don't think they do that. I think that they're building this team right now in his image. I hope so, because I mean, like I say, I think he's a good coach. I really do. But I just think that if they go through another bad losing season, they might be very Gung, ready gung-ho. to go. Yeah, and I don't think it's fair to him because like he inherited a bad team. He tried oh, yeah. to still in the Patriots' no. way in. Put a, put a bad put and inherited a bad team. I is def- understatement. I definitely understand what you're saying. You know, with with that notion, but I think that uh, you know, and there was a lot of you know grumbling in the locker room last year. Sure. You know, of sure. unhappy players and sure. a lot of talks that he might get yeah. fired. You know, a lot of that bad juju is gone now yeah a lot of those players that when you look at this roster aren't there i mean really the only returners are ryan fitzpatrick Devontae parker you know and maybe some secondary and kyle van Noy, but he's a patriot way guy yeah. Oh, yeah so there might be some secondary player that you know i'm not super familiar with miami that might still be on the team but those are three names that i know of that were on the team last year that are back yeah so a lot of those players that you did know that were on the team are now gone so you know he, he's building his locker room so i think that they'll give him this year and next and then after that fourth year or Right, that yeah. would be fourth yeah. year. Yeah, that will be you know either you've turned this around to was your starting quarterback from week one on, you know, and you go from there, or you know they they fire him after next year. Well, and I think if you want to to have a successful career in Miami and not get shipped off someplace else to have a uh, a very successful a, a, career, a very better career, <laughs> yeah, you want to keep Flores there. You want him to stay under one system and and one play because you don't want to give him the Alex Smith treatment. Well, I mean, to to be fair though, Alex Smith's been very successful. Right, well, he's been very successful. <laughs> but how in the in five years, how many like coaches? Oh, he had five. Oh no, he had yeah. five. He had five I, coordinators I, I in think, five years. I think for a guy that's you know a rookie in the NFL, it's not good to have him no. come under a head coach, learn an entire year, fire that head coach, and go. Yeah, that entire year you just spent learning things. Yeah, forget all. Hey, that. Daniel oh, Jones is dealing with that right now. True. We'll we'll talk about that when we get to the. Oh, Browns, which to wrap up about the AFC East though. We got the Bills going first, yep. Patriots second, wild card for. I think most of us took for the wild card. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Jets in Miami are going to be you know outside looking in. Yep. Looking now at the AFC North. Mm-hmm. So we got the Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, and Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. So, coach, start us off. Who you got? Uh, so I've got the Ravens winning the division again. Sure. I mean, didn't really lose much and only gained pieces. So, I, I mean, you have to consider that Lamar Jackson, you know, as elite as he was last year, is only going to take the step in the next direction. I think, you know, their wide receiver core, you know, Sneed and Marquise Brown, uh, Miles Boykin is going to be in the mix too, Notre Dame guy. I really, you know, like what they're doing, what they have offensively. Um, and then, obviously, it's Baltimore. So, their defense is always going to be stout. You know, obviously, uh-huh. they had a few hiccups last year in some games, but I definitely think that they're in a position to make a run um and and, you know the only question i have is you know is the running back position that's it that's the only thing like that's the where you gotta say all right what do they have at running back Mm, mark ingram yeah you know but that like that's it you know they i mean jk dobbins they went out and drafted i mean my you know aaron's a big ohio state fan so i had to sit through a lot of those (laughs) shitty ass games i love you honey but i hate ohio state uh, and he that guy's an absolute beast. Yeah, you know. So I mean, uh, eventually he's going to take over the the lead back, and that offense is only going to kick it up into a high gear. Mm-hmm. 
Bad. No, yeah, I, I think Baltimore is going to repeat. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't, barring some sort of injury. And, you know, I don't hope that on anybody. Uh, I, but I think uh, uh, Pittsburgh is still going to finish in second place. Uh, and then I think Cleveland uh, finished third last year, and then Cincinnati finished last last year. I think that's going to flip. I think uh, with what's his name, the quarterback, if they uh, number one, Baker. No. Oh, Bur- Joe Burrow. Burrow, thank you. I think Burrow is going to do dividends for that team. They're going to they're going to do a lot better in two and fourteen. Uh, I think they're going to finish in third place, and then Cleveland, unfortunately, finish in fourth place. So for me, I have the Ravens winning outright. I think they're going to go about twelve and four. Okay. Uh, Lamar Jackson, most exciting player in football, would you say? Yes. I mean, debatable with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, obviously on the ground, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's through the air that is the question mark. And I mean, I yeah. know, yeah. you know, I don't want to sound like that guy. I'm just saying, like he was inconsistent when passing the ball. You sure. Know? I mean, sure. Yes, his passer rating was higher, but when you're only throwing twenty passes 20 to 25 yeah you know your passer rating is going to be a little bit higher because you're not throwing the ball as much so and that's what they got you know, i mean that's what it is yeah, yeah it is what it is i mean when he can rush 20 10 times and gain 120 yards mm-hmm. what are you going to do you're going to mm-hmm. run the ball i yeah. mean that's smart yeah. yeah that's how baltimore does and like i say i think they work it effective and like you touched upon they didn't have any key losses this year they've only gotten better in the running back position yeah i mean it's it's tough but when you have a mobile quarterback such as jackson who can really take a lot of pressure off Mark Ingram and the rest of the running back core, Mm -hmm. that does help. I understand, though, about the wide receiver core. I mean, Hollywood Brown is a great up-and-coming receiver, but has Lamar Jackson really taken that step to become a passer? He hasn't had to yet, and it's it's not a knock by any means. It's just we haven't seen if he has to really get into... You know, a shootout per se mm-hmm. with a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen sure. or one of the more elite quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson. Sure. You know, you we haven't had to see that yet. That's going to be the key factor. But I think the Ravens are so solid on both sides of the ball. Twelve and four should be an easy thing for them. That's and, so. and Jackson's only going to get better. I mean, that's the one thing. He's part of that group of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, of all those quarterbacks that are now in year three. Look at what Lamar has done thus far. And this is only going to be his third year running the team. Mm-hmm. So I say Sky is a huge limit for him. And like I say, I have them going 12-4. and four. I think they'll easily do that. Second, I have the Steelers going 10-6. and six. Uh, I didn't realize we were doing it this way, so I agree with you. Okay? Yeah. I have also the Steelers. I also have them as my wild card. Okay. Same here. Yep. And no, we have not looked at each other's list. I just no. want to point that out for our listeners. Uh, I have Big Ben fully healed up. I think he's going to be really ready to go. Uh, Juju, uh, that's the only one I don't know what we're going to get out of him. Yeah, okay. I believe this is a contract year for him. Could be. I'll look it up. So if he's really motivated to get some steps in, sure. It all goes through Big Ben, though, and if he gets hurt, and like I say, right now he's healthy. He's looking great from all the reports I've seen. He's also 38 years old. Yeah, but he's also on the side of Father Time. So if he can really get that Antonio Brown magic going again with Juju, I think they'll be okay. And I think with you know Connors obviously would be you know having another good year. Well, he needs to have a bounce back here. Yeah, he needs to have one, but he needs like I say too much consistency was the or lack thereof was the issue last year. So uh, just looked it up. It is a contract year for Juju. Yeah, so he's definitely going to try balling out, and I think that this is where the Steelers are, might have a little questions of you know how much they're going to do on offense. But I think though Big Ben covers a lot of wounds up. I, uh, I mean, so here's my thing. I yes, Pittsburgh very solid. Big Ben, you know, gonna have a comeback year. Probably look very comfortable and healthy. It's the running game 
that's mm-hmm. going to separate them. You know, I mean, obviously James Conner went down last year, and it was kind of a you know a Bobby Snell Jr. and Jalen uh, Jalen Samuels you know mix. You know, mm-hmm. but that didn't work very well. And obviously, when you lost Big Ben, and then you lose James Conner, you know, and Juju Smith didn't play as well last year. You know, what is, what what do you have after that? You know, I mean, I so I think this year Conners can bounce back, stay healthy. You know, now you can use Snell and Samuels more of a relief, mm. you know, to Connors to help keep him healthy in the longevity. I think that will help them stretch his season out mm-hmm. um, and, and be able to, to keep the ball on the ground, eliminating Big Ben's need to throw, you know, downfield as much or have the ball as much. But then, yeah, I mean, the wide receiver core, I mean, they went out and, and I think they got one of the steals of this draft, which is uh, Chase Claypool on Notre Dame. Uh, I mean, uh, Notre Dame Homer here, I know, yeah, but know. I'm just saying, like, he's a six-six wide receiver who can go get the goddamn ball. And that's I what mean, Ben needs. And that's exactly what Big Ben needs. And this dude, I mean, I saw him make plays uh, against elite corners, you know, in uh, some of these games, and this dude just goes after it. Jump balls, you know, what have you. He will put his body on the line. I wanted the Giants to draft this kid, not even for the fact that he was from Notre Dame, but just the simple fact that you don't see 6'6 wide receivers as much as you used to. No. And especially 6'6 wide receivers who will go get the ball. He's a physical guy. I mean, not only was he Notre Dame's number one wide receiver, he was also their uh, number one special teams guy on punt. Uh, punt and kickoff. Mm-hmm. I, you don't see that very often. So, I mean, he's a ball hawk, you know. So, uh, I think Roethlisberger and him, I mean, he's going to be quiet to start. You yeah. know, it's not going to be, you know, the breakout rookie season of like a, a Ridley or, you know, a Julio Jones type style. But slowly, incrementally, he's going to start, you know, building some confidence. And, I mean, if you have room to stash on your fantasy roster, yeah. that's a guy that I would definitely tuck away. Uh, especially if you're like, you know, Ken, you know, you and I are keeper league, you know, that's somebody that you might want to, if you have room to stash away uh, for next season and the seasons after that, because he's only going to get better. Yeah. And obviously in the system they have in Pittsburgh, if you're a tall wide receiver, you're going like to get it. the ball. I mean, that's what big Ben works with, but yeah. they also have to start looking at the future too. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. A quarterback wise. I mean, they, they showed you last year. I mean, yeah. Duck Hodges and, and Mason Rudolph are not your answer. No, definitely not. And I think both are gone this year, if I'm not mistaken, because they, they, uh, just released Hodges. They just yeah the Hodges, but Rudolph's still there. Okay, I Rudolph believe. might yeah. still be there. But I, either way, for Big Ben, the Steelers to work, they have to work together. And yeah. Big Ben needs to stay healthy. It's the big question mark at this stage. And I mean, defensively though, they're very good defense. Yeah, I you know, mean, I mean, they they haven't lost anything. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, made the Steelers look like the really smart end of that trade because he went out and balled out after getting out of Miami last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, you talk about a guy, you know, new scenery, grass is greener, and that was him because he had a resurgence. Yeah. late in the year because people were writing him off as a bust. You know, Pittsburgh goes out and throws a second and fifth round, you know, down to Miami. All of a sudden, now this kid comes out and he's one of the best players in the NFL. Yeah, it definitely helps that he's got T.J. Watt, who had an emergence last yeah, year, and, yeah. and and is going to make Pittsburgh's defense solid. Like I said, I got them ten and six. My other wild card, looking at the rest of the division, coach, who you got? Uh, well, so after that, I guess I'm going to go uh, Cleveland, uh, yep. just because of the fact that you know they're they're in the mix. They've got a lot of elite talent. Um, you know. Uh, Number one guys, maybe some number two guys. See what you did there. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, obviously defensively they're going to be better. You know, Miles Garrett I think is going to be hungry this year, especially after the, 
you know, the controversy that was last year. So I think he's going to come out looking to, you know, just take guys' heads off. So long, I'm just as full long, of the puns right now. As long yeah. as he doesn't come out swinging. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, Olivier Vernon kind of had a resurgence, a really quiet, solid year last year, um, especially once Miles Garrett went down, which was weird. You would have think that, you know, the attention would have been shifted to Vernon and sure. he would have slowed down, but he still had a quietly good year. Um, you know, and, and Claiborne's there. Defensively, the secondary, you know, Denzel Ward, an elite number one, you know, shutdown type corner so i mean they've got really solid pieces i mean obviously offensively they're stout you know i mean it's just coaching yeah it comes down to again they go out and they get an offensive coordinator that has zero head coaching experience who comes in you know with this really cool calm demeanor and it'll be very interesting to see what that does to these players because they just had that the year before and it didn't work very well yeah, no, I, I think Cleveland is going to be very interesting to see what they do because, like you said, they've got the talent, but whether they can deliver on it is yet to be seen. You know, I there have been flashes of brilliance, but there's also been flashes of utter crap. I, ah! I, I looked to the game last year against the Patriots where they turned over the ball on three consecutive passes. Mm-hmm. You know, for as good as they should be with Nick Chubb at running back, Odell Beckham Jr. at receiver, Jarvis Landry at receiver, Austin Hooper at tight end. You know, on paper, and, and then you got Baker at quarterback. You look at that team and you go, you know what? On paper, that's not a bad team. Right. But then you just look at the results. I just don't think, again, I don't think you know what you're going to get out of them. I fully agree. And this is why I have the Browns 8-8. Eight and eight, Because to me, they image a lot of what Atlanta is for me. Because Ooh, Atlanta? What is Atlanta? Because with this team, you have a lot of high draft picks. Mm-hmm. You have Baker Mayfield. It's a lot of talent. There's so yeah, much talent. Yeah. But, which we, we mentioned earlier, how many coaches has Baker gone through? A no, lot. I mean, three, three, four. Three in three years, yeah. at least. Yeah. So now you got Kevin Stefanski taking over the helm. Whole new system. Wasn't even their first choice. Wasn't their first choice as Coach Sushapon. Wasn't their second choice. <laughs> so the structure that the Browns are – in right now, they're in flux. I think that's the honest way to put it. Obviously, letting go of Dorsey as the GM, and yeah. and I know they, it, the front office has been making some very interesting moves. We don't know how it's going to pan out. But I think the headlines that you have to look at for this team is what Baker Mayfield are you going to get? The one that sure. ignited the NFL his first year or the one that regressed so much in his second year but was already screaming bust? I mean, I don't think it was his regression as much as it was just the coaching decisions. Well, I think it was and a play lot. play calling. Yeah. You know, I mean, listen, you don't have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and not be an elite quarterback. I mean, they just make you good by default. And, I mean, unfortunately, you know, they just – they offensively didn't have the play calling that got these guys in positions to get open. I mean, and yeah, all right, Baker did not have the best season in the world, but I don't think that's him. No. I don't think it's him. And, I mean, personally, again, we thought Mike McCarthy would have been the right choice for Cleveland. Perfect. I mean, I, but obviously he wanted nothing to do with that job. And, yeah. you know, it's a little bit because of what was left in the chaos of of the aftermath of – you know, what's-his-face, who got fired from Cleveland and is now the Giants' offensive line coach. which oh, is Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens, which is where he should be. He was not ready for that spot. And, no. you know, tough. It's it's hard. I mean, I get it. I had a guy, you know, in the Giants that wasn't ready for a head coaching position either, and now we are where we are, you know. So I, I just I, – I like Cleveland, and I want them to do well. You know, like this is a team that now at this point you want them to do well yeah. because of how much talent they have and because we do like Baker. Yeah. But damn it. <laughs> They won't. 
Well, it all comes down to are they going to buy into Stefanski's ideals? Mm-hmm. And if Baker does, I expect him to have a bounce back year. Am I saying MVP? No. no. Could he be a candidate for most improved player? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But he really has to utilize the talents around him. They have to make better play calling. The defense needs to play better. But with Garrett back in a full season, like Coach Touchbond, I think now he's going to have a big chip on his shoulder and ready to do some sure. damage. Especially they just paid him, too. Yeah. Right. So he's got to start earning yeah. that paycheck. Yeah. So with the Browns, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, another factor is Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Half the time we're hearing he wants out of Cleveland. The other half we're hearing he loves it and wants to stay there yeah, for life. Yeah, I mean, that's been quiet this soft season, which has been kind of refreshing. Yeah. yeah. No. I you know, really. No, I mean, I, it I, hasn't I, been taught. Last year, going in, like, after, even begin, during the end of the season, it was, yeah. you know, he's going up to players and he's saying he wanted out. Yeah. But then since that point, it really hasn't been much talk. No, so this is where the Brown structure needs to really rally this team and get them going because – like I say, they are currently the third best team in that division. I think that's a very honest and fair statement. Yep, they should be. They should be the number one with all the talent they have. Hey, there's no reason they shouldn't be. But they haven't put it together yet. Is this going to be the year? I don't know. No, I, I don't see them getting <laughs> no. to the playoffs. God no. But you no. never know. Crazier stuff has happened. Sure, there's always one dark horse team that that makes a run. I don't think it's Cleveland though. No, I no. really don't. No, I also don't think it's the Bengals. No, it's no. not. No. no, the Bengals have Joe Burrow. That's it. Very good player. Very good player. That we'll have to see how he handles. No, they got AJ Green still. Yeah, and Joe Mixon. They they have some talent. I mean, but they can mix. They have some talent, but I have them going seven and nine. Yeah, I just listen. I mean, I don't. Joe Burrow's as talented as he is. Also, let's not forget had a very very talented LSU team surrounding him. Yeah, very true. He's, that's not what he's walking into at Cincinnati. No, I definitely mean, not. AJ Green was you know not the same AJ Green of of yesteryear and Father Time. You know, and injuries have yeah. kind of caught up to him. Um, Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard was was not the one two combo that they had been before. Um, you know, and unfortunately Andy Dalton caught a lot of the flack for that. That wasn't necessarily his fault because he wasn't playing with you know, his deck stacked, you know, he yeah. was playing with his chips down. And I mean, defensively, you look at the pieces that they got geo Geno Atkins is, you know, a solid defensive, uh, you know, a defensive tackle, um, you know, and outside of that, they really don't have much on the defense that really, you know, on paper and, you know, not being a diehard, you know, Bengals fans sitting here looking at it, making me too worried. So, yeah. I mean, no. they're probably going to give up some points safe to say, Probably not going to be able to put a ton of points up because of a rookie quarterback that, you know, just isn't going to have the same talent around him in the same system. And, you know, they're probably going to regress a little bit this year. And, you know, we'll have to see what happens next year. Fully yeah. agree. Yeah, no, I think the Bengals will be able to scrap and they'll be able to, like, keep it in the mix a little bit. But when it comes to, like, a barn burn or shootout, you know, because I don't see the defense getting huge stops and I don't see the defense being anything even near to shut down. Uh, you know, when it comes to being in a shootout with whoever they're playing against this week or, you know, in the week they're playing, if it comes down to it, you know, which offense is better? Sorry, I'm going to pick whoever is playing the Bengals. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fact. I mean, Burrow, we're going to have to see what kind of quarterback he is. He's unfortunately going to get thrown right into the fire. Yeah. He's got a very tough road ahead I of him. I mean, I don't think that that's the wrong move either because no, I think not, his – his mentality is a similar of a Baker, mm-hmm. you know, where he wants to have the ball in his hands and has that mentality of I'm a winner, so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win. It's just the problem is is that he's not going to do that a lot. Now, am I going to choose them a lot during? Am I, are they going to be my lone, you know, the, that weak team that I'm going to you know pick on during my locks and leaps? Probably not, yeah. because as much as you know, 
I'm sitting here saying that they're not going to do well. They could definitely, you know, mess around and be in some games. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, well, yeah, especially look, if the team look, takes them down. So yeah. look, I mean, looking at their schedule, they opening up against the Chargers, then they play Cleveland, Philly, Jacksonville, Baltimore, uh, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Tennessee, and then they have their bye week at week nine. So all that being said, I think it's pretty clear cut where the Bengals are going to wind up. And just to recap to our AFC North predictions, I think we all had Baltimore winning yep. the division. Yes, yep. Steelers at two, Browns at three. Bengals at four. Steelers two with a wild card. Yes, I agree with that. Pad? Not sure yet. I'm still okay. I'm still thinking that. All right. Fair enough. Well, we gave you the AFC East and gave you the AFC North this segment, so we're going to take a quick break and then come back and talk the AFC South and AFC West on our NFL preview edition of the ODPH. Welcome to Strikes My Fancy, the discussion-based podcast about everything that, well, you guessed it, strikes my fancy. Every Friday, I bring a guest to the table to talk about something new and interesting from craziest fandom theories to mental health awareness and every little thing in between. No topic is off limits. Send your topic ideas to strikesmyfancypodcast at gmail.com or drop me a line and let me know you want to be on the show. So tell me, what strikes your fancy? This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew. Coming back for this special edition of the ODPH Podcast, talking the NFL preview. We are going over all the divisions of the AFC, and now we're going to the AFC South. Yep. So, Coach, take us away. All right, so I have the Tennessee Titans winning this division again, or running away with this division again, guys. See what I did there? Uh, I mean, Derrick Henry back, obviously, just going to run the ball down everybody's throat. Uh, I'm going to go with the Colts second. Um, I... uh, the whole quarterback thing with Philip Rivers and Jacob Persett, uh, Jacoby Persett, not 100% sold on yet, but defensively they were pretty stout last year. Obviously a very good offensive line. Houston going to be third. You know, you lose your number one wide receiver for a running back who had been inconsistent at best uh, with leaning towards Will Fuller, who, as much as I love as a Notre Dame guy, can't stay healthy. So if you're putting your basket, your hat, in, or your stuff in one basket with him, you know, might not work out. And then last, rounding up the division, obviously Jacksonville. And that's Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah. Pad? Uh, no, yeah, I, th- I think uh, Tennessee's going to win uh, the division here, although not through running. I think run- they will definitely run the ball, but I think that you can only do – that worked great in the playoffs where you're playing like three, four games, and then you're over and done with. But I don't think you can do that on a consistent basis for the next five months. You know, so there it'll be interesting to see if Tennessee can can find other ways to score the ball because yeah, Derrick Henry's good, but he can't run the ball forty eight times sixteen weeks out of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a receiving core of AJ Brown, Corey Davis, and Adam Humphreys, and then Jonu Smith is their tight end. I'm sorry, I'm looking at who for all of them. You're not exactly drafting them on my fantasy team. Uh, and then on the flip side, I think. Uh, uh, Houston is going to finish in second place, but it'll be it'll it might be by a game or two. You know, I'm looking at them like you mentioned, Deshaun Watson just signed that mega contract down there. You know, so he's locked up for long term. Uh, running running back core decent, nothing scaring me though with Duke, uh, David Johnson and then Duke Johnson, uh, and then like you mentioned, their receiving core: Will Fuller, Kenny Stills. They've also got Brandon Cooks, although Cooks. 
hasn't been good for at least a year or two. Yeah, he's been writing a couple of years. And then you and then you got an older Randall Cobb. You know, you got Randall Cobb down there, so who at you know thirty years old, coming off you know not a not a great year last year, only eight hundred and twenty eight yards and three touchdowns. Might have been injured. I'm pulling that up now, but so I think they're going to finish in uh, second place. Uh, after that, going to be the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers is a good is a good quarterback. You know, their defense is pretty decent, but just Marlon Mack, not a bad running back. He's he's okay, but you look at the receiving core. T.Y. Hilton, pretty decent uh, wide receiver, but it's just everything else. I'm looking at that. I'm going, yeah. I don't know if they can stay in it. Yeah, and then obviously rounding out the division, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars because. Uh, yeah, outside of uh, Gardner Minshew the second, uh, I cannot name you one person on that offensive uh, roster. For me, this division, you can honestly flip a coin for who's going to win it. <laughs> That's true most years. Yeah, this one is really not standing out, but I'm giving the edge to Houston. Okay. And I will explain why. Even though losing DeAndre Hopkins is huge, and oh, yeah. huge is an understatement. Yeah. They still have Deshaun Watson, who, looking at the rest of the quarterbacks in this division, he's still the best one. Oh, obviously. And I think that that is going to help win them a couple games that they shouldn't win. I think that they're going to come in there, and like you touched upon, with Will Fuller, I think he's going to have a bigger year, and he's going to definitely need to pick up the slack. Can he stay healthy? That's ultimately the question. Same thing with Kenny Stills. Brandon Cooks, like I said, hasn't been right in a couple years. Like He hasn't been that elite receiver, Mm -hmm. but he's still a threat. So for what Deshaun Watson needs... I think he's going to help move the chains. Yeah. The running back game, David Johnson either needs to be a fantasy beast or he is a bust and it's a it's a wrap and this will always this will go down in one of the worst trades in NFL history in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> I'm yes. just I'm just saying it right now. Y- yes, it is. Yeah. No, you don't need to predict. Yes. Yeah. And I'll even say this for a fantasy sleeper, take Duke Johnson. Okay? Because chances are and I'm not wishing this on him by any stretch of the imagination. But David Johnson has not been able to stay healthy in a few oh, I years. I mean, it's just the simple facts. Yeah, like well, this is you're talking about one of the all-time best wide receivers, a guy who two years ago didn't drop a pass. Right. You know, you trade for you know a running back who had is, one good year. Yeah, one good ends the on the other side of twenty six. Yeah, which you know in running back age, that's you might as well be thirty eight. So he's, yeah. yeah, he's twenty eight years old. Uh, his first year in the league, uh, he's. All, played with Arizona up to this point. First year in the league, he ran for 581 yards. Uh, second year was his one good year. He ran for just over 1,200 yards. Uh, third year, ran for 23 yards. I think he got hurt that yeah, year. Yeah, he did. Uh, and then in 2018, he ran for 940 yards. Uh, and then last, in 2019, he ran for 345 yards. No, he got hurt last year. He, he got too. hurt again, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, and a grand total of 33 touchdowns for his career. So, I mean, I guess if you're going on this theory and this pattern that we've had here, watch out. David Johnson's going to run for over 700 yards. And if yeah. you're sitting there thinking, oh, but he's a dual threat. He can run. He can catch. Yeah, what catch what? He hasn't cracked 1,000 yards receiving in his entire NFL career, and he's got 15 total touchdown catches for his entire career. So not exactly striking fear. No, like I said, so Deshaun Watson, a lot's going to ride on him. But I think he's that elite of a quarterback. He can win a couple games that he should. Yeah, I I just my problem is the Will Fuller thing. Yeah. I mean, his hamstring, the way that he runs, I mean, obviously an elite speed burner, you know, he just his hamstring gets tugged a little bit and then he's out for three to four weeks, and you know, Kenny Stills. No, but that's why I think Brandon Cooks will alleviate some of that because I mean, they're the same. Yeah, they're, but, they're the same receiver. Like that's the thing; they're just going to run streaks all down right, the field. Right, but I mean, is Brandon Cooks still enough? 
I, I mean, when we talk about elite, like let's think about the teams that we are saying are going to finish the top of their division. Mm-hmm. What do they all have in common? Good wide receivers. And Cooks is currently listed as questionable uh, because of quadriceps, uh, according to ESPN.com. He wasn't present uh, during the part of Tuesday's practice open to the media. Well, I think, though, going on that, I think you're right. But I also think, is he serviceable enough for Deshaun Watson? Not, I'm, I'm not saying great. Sure. But is he serviceable? I think he is for how they he do their He had Tom offense. Brady as a quarterback, and it wasn't exactly all that right. stellar. But that's what I said. Can he do enough to help them win? Yes. Is he gonna? Is he the cherry on the Sunday though? No. I, I just. I mean, when I look at this division, I look at what Tennessee did and can do. I still think they're gonna. I still think that they're gonna run the ball forty plus times. Oh, I'm sure. And they I'm are. sure Derrick Henry's gonna do just fine doing it. And I think their defense is enough to stop. You know that that uh, Houston offense that you know they're gonna win some games that they shouldn't just because of clock management. See the one thing that about Tennessee. And I have them tied for second with Indy. So like I said, this was literally a coin flip. Sure. With Tennessee, is Cinderella's time at the ball done? Because they surprised everybody last year. Ryan Tannehill resurgence. Derrick Henry was a beast, and don't get me wrong. He was the monster that everybody made him out to be, and he backed it up every week. How much tread is still on that tires? I mean, that's a question. To be fair, you can say Ryan Tannehill resurgence, but that was after only passing the ball for ten times in a game. Exactly. And with 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 uh, Derrick Henry as a running back, he can make me look like Joe Montana in his prime. Well, that's the thing that we don't know because if it comes down to where defenses are now going to still stack the box. Oh God, to, yeah. To, oh God, yeah. To try stop, but they stopped. They stacked the box last year. But it's saying, but now it's everybody kind of knows what they're going to do. And I that, mean, and that's the one thing. And, that, and that's the thing is, it works great when nobody's expecting it, and you can do it for three weeks, but you can't keep up a pace of 48, 50 plus carries for sixteen games. Exactly. Eventually, it's going the to legs break are going to fall off. Yeah, that's the one problem. So I, can Tennessee adapt? That's going to be the big X factor for me. I honestly, I mean, if you look at Ryan Tannehill's stats, though. And I mean, I got into it with a Tennessee fan on Twitter, mm-hmm. and my God, you know, he was trying to educate, educate me. If you look at Tannehill's stats, he actually was in the top ten for a lot of stats that are outside of you know completion percentage, just because he was throwing you know only ten passes a game. You right. know what I mean? Like he actually was, you know, QBR rating, uh, efficiency rating, third down conversion rating, like all those stats were actually up in the top ten. So, I mean, you talk about, you know, a guy who might have been quote-unquote clock managing. He did what he needed to do. He did, Like you say, he did what he needed to do, and you have to look at the, the attempts to ratio. That's, that was well, the only and thing. I know. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. That's what I kept pointing to yeah. the Tennessee fan. But he yeah. was like, okay, take away his attempt percentage, and you look at the other stats outside of his uh, attempts per game. Mm-hmm. And his shit is actually top ten. Oh, no, it, it, it managed up, and I think he surprised a lot of people. I do. But can he do it again? I don't know. It's like Tennessee is one of the most puzzling teams to me, and I'm not meaning this in a negative sense, but they surprised a lot of people last year and a lot of teams. Sure. Can they do this magic again? I don't know. And because the NFL is very quick about picking up on what teams are doing. Yeah, but you know when though you make that point and they still beat the shit out of teams last year. Oh, they did last year. And they year. did it to one of the best coaches of all time. Oh, yeah. Vrabel got the best of Belichick. Which you, do, I mean, I know that his stats against former assistants isn't as, yeah. isn't great. Yeah. But still, though, I mean, you talk about a Belichick who is a defensive minded guru mm-hmm. and knew that they were going to run Derrick Henry forty times. Yeah. And he still couldn't stop him. Well, so 
But that's the question that can they do it again? Like this that's the overall point I'm making with Tennessee. I don't think so. Can yes. they do it again? I don't think they can. I but who knows? I mean, they might surprise because there, there's always one team that comes out of nowhere that surprises everybody. Sure. Tennessee was that team last year. <laughs> Not going to be Jacksonville. <laughs> it, oh, it sure the hell ain't going to be Jacksonville. Like Indy, I know Phillip Rivers has taken over the helm. I know they got the great rookie corner or running back Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Is it going to be enough to really generate some buzz? No. I don't think no. so. And I think that Rivers will make that team better. Jonathan Taylor's going to have a lot of fun running behind that offensive line, though. Yeah, as I said, he's going to have a monster year, <laughs> I think. But other than that, I mean, there's nothing really that screams championship run or playoffs no. with Indy. Nope. And then Jacksonville. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. sorry, Jacksonville fans, but we're not going to cover you much, so just there, move on. There's no Fournette. There's no Yannick. There's Gardner, Gardner Minshew. I mean, I'm, I'm literally looking at their, their jump chart, and like I said, outside of Gardner Minshew the second. I and okay, Keenan Cole. I think you're no, that's not even the right person. I've never heard of anybody on this offensive line, and I'm even counting guards and tackles. Yeah, so this one, I have Jacksonville going two and fourteen. I mean, they are they are on the descent for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it's tank for Trevor. Yeah, I'm thinking they're going to get one win if they're lucky. No, they'll sneak out one. They usually play well against Indianapolis. Like they'll be one of the teams they beat. And then they'll get a fluke win, like a like against a playoff worthy team. No, I mean this is a very bad team. Oh, it, like, they're, I mean, they're an awful is, team. This yeah. is a very bad team. Because like the AFC South is I mean, playing the NFC North. Straight cutting for net, not getting anything back. The haul that they got back for Yannick was depressing as a Giants fan, looking at the fact that you know Giants desperately need a pass rusher, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Oh, Jacksonville is only going to take a first round pick, first round pick." And they trade him for a second. Well, like I said, the the management Just, Don Jackson, in my opinion. Oh, eh. I mean, well, I mean I their mean, focuses are elsewhere. Yes, I mean you look at their schedule. You look at Jacksonville's schedule coming out of their bye week, which is week seven. Uh, they play the Chargers, Texans, Packers, Steelers, Browns, Vikings, uh, I mean, t- Titans, Ravens, Bears, and then uh, Colts to close out the yeah, year. It's just not. It's they, oh. they might steal a win against the Browns. That's it. Yeah, they might. But I mean, listen, but, but they, they shouldn't. They, no, they shouldn't. I mean, they are obviously. I mean, a lot of people were reporting that this was a, a direct attempt to try and land Trevor Lawrence. And I mean, I can't deny. It. I wouldn't. I mean, you look at this on paper, and you have to agree. Yeah. So that being said, I think we all we had actually our first disagreement, disagreement. with their Tennessee, so, Tennessee and Houston. I I have Tennessee, Houston, Colts, Jacksonville, and Pat. the only team Tennessee making it. Pad, uh, I don't even remember who I had, so skip me. Yeah, <laughs> Pad, Pad is too focused on the Patriots. Yeah, no, but for me, like I said, I had Houston getting winning the division outright, and then like honestly, you could coin flip between uh, Tennessee and, and Indy for me. <laughs> Jacksonville is just gonna be a dumpster fire. I'm sorry. Sure, there's no other way around that. Now let us get to the West. Mm-hmm. Pad? Uh, yeah, so you've got the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning, defending, undisputed champs of the entire NFL, uh, who finished 12-4 and last year. Denver Broncos in that division, who finished 7-9. and uh, You've got the L.A. Raiders, uh, who finished tied for second place uh, at 7-9. and uh, And then you've got the L.A. Chargers, who finished last at 5-11. and Coach? I, uh, you know, I'm going Kansas City. I'm going Denver. I am going the Chargers, and then I'm going the Raiders. And uh, Kansas City, obviously, just defending Super Bowl champions. I don't think that the Super Bowl rust is going to be there. I think they have too much talent offensively to have the Super Bowl rust. Uh, Defensively, obviously, Steve Spagnuolo back as defensive coordinator. 
one of my all-time huge, favorite defensive huge. coordinators. Uh, you know, Honey Badger's still back there to make plays. Up front, you know, they're still very stellar. Uh, you know, went out and signed Chris Jones, that monster deal, you know, trying to build up that defensive line. Um, Denver, I think, is going to be sneaky good. I mean, they showed stretches last year, especially with the rookie, you know, quarterback in uh, Drew, Drew Locke, Locke, you know, who played really well. They went out and they, they got Drew, uh, Jerry Judy, who, although is not an elite pass-catching wide receiver, mm-hmm. is a very good, talented wide receiver who, if he makes plays, is going to get in the end zone. Uh, obviously, defensively, one of the better defenses in all of the NFL. Uh, the Chargers, I like to call them the Dame West because yeah. they have so many goddamn Dame players on it that I can't help but cheer for them. But I just I don't necessarily – I'm not sold on you know Tyrod Taylor being – uh, a guy who can carry a team late into um, the playoff race. Not to say that I don't think he's a talented quarterback because I think he's done very well where he's been. You know, obviously that year that he had in Buffalo mm-hmm. was tremendous. I just don't think that it uh, in this tough West division that is enough to carry you over the hump. You know, as far as premier talent defensively, they're very good though. Um, obviously, that front four. Uh, very formidable as far as pass rushing, uh, you know, an elite level to, to pass rush, especially when you got Bosa on one side, you know, and Ingram on the other. So they're going to be very good defensively. I just, I offensively, I don't, I'm not necessarily sold on it. And then, you know, the Raiders. Yeah. They, you know, I mean, they're building. Uh, they obviously have put some pieces in place that, you know, are going to make them. Uh, a tough team and I mean I definitely think that they're gonna you know slip some teams up you know in the race I just don't think that they have enough talent um offensively to to carry them some games and obviously defensively they were very bad last year yeah so I think that ultimately is going to burn them in the long run Pat? yeah I think the Kansas City Chiefs are obviously going to repeat as division champs haven't changed much nothing's this different all the only thing different is uh patrick mahomes got engaged you know yeah. outside of that congratulations to him outside of that not much has changed so you know they just locked up andy reed for what, what was it like five years six years yeah, so, you got, you got a long deal he got a long deal he's gonna try getting some free food down and down in town uh, by just flashing the super bowl ring you know so kansas city full speed ahead uh i think denver is going to finish in second place i think they'll do a little bit better than their seven and nine record with the second year uh, as drew lock as their quarterback not much better i don't see getting into the playoffs but they'll they'll improve on that mm-hmm. uh and then in terms of the raiders and chargers uh i think they're gonna stay in that same order that they finished last year but i think they're gonna regress you know the the raiders what have they done lately you know that is striking fear into you and, and looking at you know what that might help them turn their season around i mean what's everyone talking about with the raiders these days it's oh hey it's the one-year anniversary of them cutting antonio brown from the team mm-hmm. nobody's talking about anything they've done you know, so I don't think they're going to get any better. I think they're going to regress a little bit. And then the Chargers, I th- you know, they finished 5-11 and 11 last year. I think they're going to finish even worse last- than they did last year. I think for a lot of years, as good as that team's been for a lot of years, they were only as good because of their quarterback. And you look at Phillip Rivers for, you know, his entire career. The one time he didn't throw over 3,000 yards was because he only started in two games in 2005. So, uh, for every season he started, all 16 games from 2006 on, it's been 3,000 yards or more. And then since 2008, it's been over 4,000 yards and or more. You know, Phillip Rivers hides a lot of bad, and he makes a lot of people good. You look at Tyrod Taylor on the flip side, yeah, he had those three good years in Buffalo, but it's really been not much else. It definitely has not been much else. So for my breakdown, I have the Chiefs winning this division by default. Uh, and I have them going about 11-5. and five. Okay. The one question you have to figure about this team is how hungry are they to go back? Because mm-hmm. you touched upon 
a lot of points that Mahomes got that monster deal. Yep. Uh, Chris Jones got paid. Yep. Travis uh, Kelsey got paid. Yep. So they're making deals when they, according to reports, had like seventeen dollars in cap space. Right. So that all being said, you've locked in your nucleus for your team, mm-hmm. which is smart. Yeah. But when everybody's getting paid and everybody just won the championship, where is the drive to go back? Nobody's that, done it since the Pats. It, it's tough to go back. It's tough to repeat. Can this team do it? Absolutely. Oh, ab- yeah. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes was arguably the best player in all the league. Yeah. He makes up a lot of ground for everybody else. And I know that they have, uh, you know, obviously new running back, uh, Edwards mm-hmm. uh, here, uh, is going to be taking over the backfield. So they have the weapons in place to keep putting up points. Sure. So I'm not too worried about that. It's just to repeat is going to be the biggest question. Can the defense also become more shut down? Mm-hmm. Spagnola came up with great schemes for him and sure. definitely worked with the talent he sure. had. But let's face it, they gave up a lot of points too. Oh, yeah. I mean, they should have lost that Super Bowl as well, but yeah. Frisco decided to start passing instead of running the ball in the second half. Yeah. So that all being said, Kansas City should win this division outright. Sure. And, and taking a look at the rest of the teams in there, where are you going to get out of Denver? I mean, that's going to be a, a they'll, factor. They'll contend, but they'll, they'll, they're not going to be in anything. Yeah, they're not going to be lights out for anything. I mean, Drew Locke had a great year last year. Can yeah. he repeat it? You now have Melvin Gordon mm-hmm. in the backfield. you yeah. got Jerry Judy on the offensive side, too. Is that really going to be the offensive pieces to need to grow? I don't know. I mean, Melvin Gordon, you got to kind of see what you get out of him at this stage. And can they really hang with in a shootout against Mahomes? I don't think so. No. But what can that defense do to step up? With how that team – I mean, that's basically – they have to be built to defeat Kansas City. Are they? I don't, no. I don't think so. No. I mean, can they beat the Chargers? Yeah, the Chargers yeah. got rid of Phillip Rivers. They went all in on Justin Herbert with their number one draft pick. You still got Tyrod back there. Yep. Tyrod, listen, is serviceable. He can make plays when – He's a stopgap. When you need him. But, yeah, but he's not going to be the guy that gets you to the playoffs. I'm sorry. I saw him in Buffalo many times. I like Tyrod. I'm not hating on him, but it's just in comparison to the other quarterbacks in this league, he's not going to be the guy that gets you there. So that's why I said he's just going to be the stopgap to get to Herbert, and then who knows what you're going to get out of him. Yeah. Bosa and the defense there, they'll be solid. And they'll keep yeah. they'll keep the Chargers in games that they shouldn't be in. Are they going to win games and take it over? No. Sadly, no. I mean, the Chargers are one of these weird teams that they have all the talent in the world, but they just can't put it together. They're a lot like Cleveland, in my opinion. Yeah. They have a stacked team on both sides of the ball. But for whatever reason... It just doesn't click, and especially in games that they need it to click. I mean, take a look at the playoff games that they have been in over the past year. Patriots. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. sp- they spanked the you-know-what out of Baltimore and then came in and laid a goose egg. Yeah, they looked like a they looked like a JV team, not even a professional team. So, I mean, that being said, they should get at least third place or hang in there, but at the same time, the Raiders— I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll get third place just because, like I said— Rivers made up for a lot. Rivers is a great quarterback that just was never able to get over the hump for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Take him out of that equation, I think they regress quite a bit. Yeah, I'm an idiot, and I should have read my notes, but my yellow highlighter did not come up very well. Uh, I actually had the Chargers going to the wild card. Yeah, okay. okay, so <laughs> whoopsies. Okay, my bad. Well, you my know, bad. You know, I you mean, know. I did pick them second place, so yeah. I am okay. You, you did it. It's but that's why we do it live. That's why we do it live. See, we don't do this rehearsed. 
Right. You, you get you get the real and the rawness here, and usually you'll hear you know a good little miscue here and there. But with the Chargers, yeah, they should be in the wild card contention. I mean, they have the talent. It's just for whatever reason, it's the mental block. And then the Raiders, listen, the stadium looks beautiful in Vegas. Yeah. They're working on it. Oh, yeah. Honestly, other than that. What you got going for you? Yeah. Like I and I, I want to see the Raiders do well. We have a lot of Raider listeners too, by the way, which is mm. you know I mean shout out to them. Sorry guys. Yeah, but it's just like, what is your team going to do to really push that lever? I mean, to get you in the right direction. I mean, Gruden is there, and you know, obviously Derek Carr is still in place, but outside that, I'm not seeing anything that's really scaring anybody. And let alone, like I said, your benchmark for all these teams is the Chiefs. Are you better than the Chiefs? Hell no. 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 So the Chiefs should have an easy six wins here. Facts. Oh, yeah. I'm just putting this out right now. How they do against the rest of the league is anybody's guess. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I think that uh, the, the talent level for Kansas City is too high to have that Super Bowl hiccup. I know, you know, only uh, New England's the only team to do it back to back because it is very daunting. They're the only team recently. Recently, it's a very difficult. Well, yeah, I mean that's what it's. It's a difficult task to do. However, I think that their talent level is too elite when you look at all the stars in place mm-hmm. to have that bad of a hangup that they can't just win a minimum six games in their division already. You know, be six and whatever, and, and go on to win four more games to at least go ten and six. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they they're too good to not win a minimum of ten games. Yeah. Um. And then I mean, outside of that, yeah, I mean, it's it's a crapshoot. I mean, I have the Chargers going down as the my my other wild card, but I mean, it could just as easily be Denver, who had a really sure. good strong push towards the end of the year. Sure. When they made the call to put Drew Lock in place, uh, Drew Lock in place. A little almost Drew Gulak, you know, yeah, it rolls say. right off the tongue, you know. Yeah. Um, and and you know, and then obviously, yeah, the Raiders, they're good. They're just not great. And when you no. look at the talent level of the other three teams in that division, they're just better than. There's you. a huge gap. You know? Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. huge gap. I mean, you you just you haven't replaced what you lost in Khalil Mack defensively, and you just. You, when you don't fill those shoes, which, I mean, obviously are difficult to do to begin with, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you don't even attempt to fill that position, you just you fall by the wayside. And when you have a, uh, a quarterback in your conference as good as Patrick Mahomes, you need to have pass rushing, and they just don't have it. Yeah. No. It's going to be a long season for the Raiders, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. looking at this, though, I think we all had the Chiefs winning the division outright. Correct. Yep. Coach is the only one who had the Chargers going to the wild card. Because I got bows. You got that Notre Dame. Yeah, it's, I, I so think I was blinded. I was blinded. Yeah, I was going to say, you got that Notre, <laughs> Notre Dame Kool-Aid. Yeah. So that all being said, we gave you our picks for the AFC South and mm-hmm. the AFC West. We're going to take one more break and come back, give you our playoff picture and who is taking the AFC championship on this special edition of the ODPH podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Mark, the DM for Stranger Damies. What is Stranger Damies, you ask? Well, we're just a bunch of first-time D&D players exploring the world of Tal'Dorei 30 years after the events of the Coma Conclave, which was made famous on Critical Role. Join us every week as we roll some dice, make some mistakes, but most importantly, we have fun. New episodes air every Wednesday at strangerdamies.podbean.com or on your favorite podcast streaming app. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. And is it Wednesday yet?
Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast, talking the NFL preview of the AFC conference. So we get, went over all the divisions. We are now at the playoff picture. So, Coach, why don't you tell us who made it to the playoffs in your bracket and who's going to the Super Bowl? All right. So I have, uh, I mean, I guess this is in really no particular order, but I've got Kansas City. I've got the Ravens. Uh, I've got the Buffalo Bills. And I've got the... Uh, Titans. Titans as my division winners. My wild card, I have New England, Pittsburgh, and I have the Chargers as my third wild card team. And one uh, thing that we need to explain is this year they're going to be expanding the playoffs, so there'll be three wild card teams. Yes. I have in my AFC championship game, I have the Steelers. I mean, all things considered, as long as this goes well, I didn't fill out a playoff bracket, but I've got the Steelers going against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs winning. And I just threw my paper like Tony Reale on PTI or part of my take. Boom. Around the horn. Around the horn. I got, yeah, I got Kansas City versus uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I've got Kansas City winning the game. Okay. Uh, So, again, no particular order. Uh, I've got Buffalo winning the East, uh, the Ravens winning the North, uh, the, uh, there it is, uh, Houston winning the South, uh, and then Kansas City winning the West. And then for wild card, I've got the Patriots, uh, Titans, and Pittsburgh. uh, And then for the AFC Championship game, I'm going to say it's uh, Baltimore versus Kansas City with Baltimore winning. Wow. Because, again, it's it's like Coach said in the last segment, it's very hard for a defending team to repeat, and no team has done it since the Patriots did it. And I realize I'm a Patriots fan doing this, saying this, but I think the defensive coordinators for all the teams that uh, Kansas City is going to be playing have had ample time to study that defense and figure out the ins and the outs and the X's and the O's. And I just don't think they're going to be able to replicate the same and result will they be able to replicate some of the same magic and stats and flashiness yes will they put up some ridiculous highlights that you know you can't even pull off in madden probably will they be able to repeat winning the super bowl i don't think so for me in just last year they came so far out of left field that i never saw it coming that i think if you go back and roll the tape i don't think they i don't think i thought that figured them winning the super bowl last year i and i you know i will eat that i'll take the crow on that hey i was wrong but I just don't think they'll be able to repeat this year. That wasn't what I was saying a while about. I agree with you. No. So for my picks, uh, no particular order because that whole extra playoff uh, seeding is throwing me off. I just for some reason it just hasn't sunk in yet. But you know, hey, we're expanding, we're giving out more trophies. Hey, whatever. Uh, obviously, number one overall seed for me is the Baltimore Ravens. Kansas City is two. Buffalo three. Houston is four. My wild card teams: New England. Pittsburgh, and I'm taking the Colts by coin flip because, like I said, the AFC South is that bad, but I don't see the AFC West being any better. When it's all said and done, your AFC championship game, I know everybody thinks I'm going to take in Buffalo, but I don't think they make it. I'll be honest. I think it's Kansas City and Baltimore, and I think Baltimore takes them. 
I think that what we've all touched upon too, and I think Pat put it so eloquently, like I'm just going to be echoing what he's saying. For what Kansas City is trying to do is very tough, and only a few teams have done it. To go back-to-back in this day and age is almost unheard of. Mm -hmm. Patriots, hey, the Patriots are the Patriots, and the magical run they had, you can't take anything away from them. They set the bar. Is the Chiefs that good enough they could go back? Absolutely. Yeah. But I think, as Pat touched upon, a lot of teams have been studying Patrick Mahomes. They've been studying how Kansas City runs their offense. They are ready to make the changes that they need to slow them down. And, and I think Baltimore is hungrier. I, yeah. th- I think they want to get out from under Kansas City's shadow, and they want to establish their own dominance. And, and I think Kansas City might be sitting back a little bit. You know, the barbecue's been good. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, it's got a little extra sauce on it. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say they've been complacent because I, I don't think any team is ever complacent when they win a championship. But I think they, you know, the foot might the foot might not be on the pedal as hard as it should be. Exactly, and I think that that's one thing that we're going to have to wait and see what we get out of Kansas City. But for me, I think Baltimore is so motivated and so fired up. Oh yeah, I think they're going to have the biggest chip on their shoulder. And I think they're going to come in and definitely want to make some statement wins. Oh, yeah, because you think last year, as good as Lamar Jackson was, and he had his fair share of airtime mm-hmm. uh, on the media, what was the one thing you heard about last, all last year as good as Lamar Jackson was? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. Oh, look at the – did you see the video game no look backwards pass Patrick Mahomes through? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. That's all they heard last year. And they're like, you know what? You know what? Damn it, we're tired of hearing about Patrick Mahomes. Exactly, and that's why I think he's going to have a really step-up year. I think that he – not that he needed any more motivation. <laughs> God, no. But I think now that year three, they saw what Kansas City did, mm-hmm. and I think that they know that they're a better team and they want to prove it. For Kansas City, like I said, everybody got paid. So where's your motivation to go back? And especially as Pat touched upon, is the foot going to be on the gas pedal that hard? Maybe when it comes playoff time. I'm not saying Maybe. they're going to you know olay it and not show up. So Lord knows the Giants did that a few years. Right. But I think that this is where you see Baltimore rise up. Hey, I meant that as a compliment. They you come, know, they God. come, they come into the playoffs, and you're like, ah, oh, what the hell are we going to get out of them? And then they win a Super Bowl. I thought you were talking about Olaying. No, 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 no. I, no. They definitely didn't do that. I mean, David Tyree and uh, I don't want to get Pat too fired up. Uh, we'll say differently about that. I'm yeah. sorry, I've gone temporarily deaf. Oh yeah, that's right. He took the speakers out. But like I say, for Kansas City, they could go back. Yeah, but will it surprise me if they do? No, no, no. I think it's going to be between one of those two teams. I mean, Buffalo has made great strides. Are they there yet? Nah. D- debatable, but I think they'll make some. <laughs> they noise. make better play calls at the end of a game. Yeah, if they do better play calling, yeah, they get the chance. New England, I think, is going to show that they're definitely playoff ready, and I think they'll hang there. And like I say, for the other two teams, Pittsburgh rides on Big Ben. Yeah, you know, for the wild card position, could Cleveland overtake them? Unless some freak injuries happen, maybe, but I just don't see it happening. Biggest thing with New England is it's going to show a lot of people who like to say, oh, Belichick's only as good because he had Tom Brady there. It's either going to show him right or it's going to show him wrong. It's going to show a lot of different things, but I will say this. The AFC is going to have a lot of fun games, and especially once we get to the playoffs, and I know we're talking really early and doing the very, very early predictions. They have got a lot of exciting players running on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. The offensive games could be like a video game style. Probably. And I'm not down if Kansas City and Baltimore meet up, then you might see like a 40-37 game. Yo. I'm not putting that out of the realm of thought because once you get to the playoffs, everybody steps their game up. But I just think Baltimore has a little bit more. So in recap, Coach took Kansas City to go to the big dance. Yes. Pad took the Baltimore Ravens. And I joined him on taking the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. That is our predictions, but hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. Who is your prediction to win the AFC championship title and go to the Super Bowl? 
So instead of our normal end ending, we're just going to say stay tuned for part two of our NFL preview. You can find all our links at ochoduroparleyhour.com. For your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy. Good night and see you right around the corner. For the one and only Padawan J. Thank you. Thank you. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next episode.